Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. 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 <laughs> That was aggressive. That was really <laughs> aggressive. Sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm so chipper because Are we're still talking. punchy this week. Uh, <laughs> I'm always punchy. Let's be honest. Everyone's like, "What's new?" Uh, no, I'm just excited because we're talking about season extension, and this is one of Yay, my more work. favorite top. Stop <laughs> season extension. Second base kind. Second best kind of extension after cooperative extension. Ooh, Ooh, well like after yeah. Boyle County extension. Let's All be right. specific. Bro. Okay, <laughs> <Let's> rein it in. <laughs> but yes, we're talking about uh, how if you if you're not done with your garden season, whether that be veggies or flowers or whatever it is, you ain't done yet. Before we, we before we jump into that, for you, I what? got a question for you all. So, you know, I'm a bit of a devil's advocate sometimes, or no skeptic. I'll say a skeptic. skeptic. <laughs> so. Fall <clears throat> as a season, it it gets its flowers all the time. People love fall. They're like, oh, sweater weather, oh, fall colors, <laughs> fall colors, fall colors, whatever. The guy wearing an orange shirt, might I add. I don't look great in fall colors. I'm just question, but anyway, what? Well, yeah, I can see that. Mm. No, I'm a true no, <laughs> You open that door. I'm just gonna say, yeah, I'll walk right through it. So what? <laughs> What are some things that suck about fall? Hmm. You know what I hate? I hate that it is cold in the in the beginning of the day, and then by freaking eleven o'clock, you're sweating your butt off in that cute sweater that you put on because you were freezing cold in the morning. That's what I hate. There, mm. I said it. Mm-hmm. That's one. That is a, that is I think a big a big downside of fall, the variability throughout the day. Mm. I I'm hate that serious. the time changes. I hate like just leave it, leave it the way it is. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Who cares if it's dark in the morning? Shorter we days. All... At least it's like a fall back. Like we get an extra of the two times. That's not changes. fall's fault. That is human yeah. civilization. Okay, yeah, well, but it happens. It's associated with the season. So though. I associate. Okay. You go to work and it's dark, and you get done from work and it's dark. That's the worst drawback it... to that time period. Yeah. I think yeah. in Kentucky, it's it's. And in this region, it's also just like so variable how mm-hmm. long fall can actually feel like that it's like it's not even a real there. There is no is definitive it two weeks start. or two months. Exactly. I'm I, a leaf looker and there's no predicting fall leaf color as far as timing goes. Some years we have more mm-hmm. color than others. Yes, that's fine. But predicting when that may even be anymore is uh, I've given up. I have given up. I'm just going to the Northeast this year where the predictability is a <laughs> bit less variable. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there is nothing wrong with fall. And that mm. fall is, totally exists and is real in the state of Kentucky. Having come from Florida where there's two seasons, summer and Christmas Day. Mm. Mm. Make a good point. There are, you have leaves that point. change. It gets cool. Oh, it's glorious. Josh, you have a little pumpkin spice latte on your shirt there. (laughs) Can we not make a list of all the things we love about fall, but then we would just gush endlessly? Yeah, I feel like fall is easy to love, right? Yeah, it is. And that's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, you know. know, uh, Make this easy for me. Go with the the, uh, flow. I just, you know, let my feelings happen. I try not to fight them. No, stop that. Gross. Fight your feelings. Nobody likes feelings under <laughs> I feel like over time I, I've just gained an appreciation for spring and I think mm. even more so my 
appreciation for summer has increased just because mm. I used to hate it. Right. And I, now yeah. I'm just sort of dislike it. Yeah. Love where you're at. Yeah. Sure. I think, I think yeah. I appreciate fall. <laughs> I think I appreciate fall for different reasons. I think I appreciate fall, not because of like the weather or anything, but because it's a signal mm-hmm. that my, I'm about to slow down that, and that mm-hmm. it's like, it's okay to slow down. There's less light in the day, which, which does suck, especially when like us, you know, it's, you're going to work and it's dark and you come home and it's dark and there's nothing to do, but there's also mm-hmm. like, there's nothing to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's the other night, I get, the past two nights, uh, it, you know, it's been getting dark, like dark, dark by eight 30. And I have been in bed before 10, 10 PM for nice. like two days straight and it has nice. game changer i mean just like an extra hour game changer for me and uh, it's annoying in the summer when it's non 30 out and it's still daylight and you can't go to bed yeah yeah. yeah i mean yeah. i do i go to bed when it's well, i do love the falls of wind down period for me it's always it always yeah, has been down. I love that wind down. I love the the weather change. I mean, it's I love seasonality. I've said that before on the podcast. Yeah. I love the four seasons. I like all the transition. Just when you get bored of something, Kentucky's going to throw something different at you one way or another. It could be a flood. Yeah. It could be a tornado. Who knows? It could be whatever it may bring that day. Could be just some beautiful, <laughs> some beautiful sugar maples changing oh, in the fall. Nothing better. I love to hit hitting the roads and just you know leaf looking. Yes, I will own that. I leaf look, and I may even get a PSL, a pumpkin mm-hmm. spice latte, while I'm leaf looking. <laughs> it may put me in the more basic category of the pH scale, but I don't care. Fun <laughs> fact: When it, Ray gets pumpkin spice That's lattes, he sends me pictures of them in the morning. I do. I'm like, you do what now? Say that again. When Ray gets like his pumpkin spice lattes, he sends me a picture yeah. of them in the morning, that and is, it usually yeah. has like some sort of like hashtag basic on it or something. Is it just just to <laughs> Alexis? Yeah. yeah. That is yeah. the cutest thing I have ever heard. Flat white drink. Yeah. You send, send me some custom mix that I try and undercover love, but I'll never tell you that I love your mixes. Okay. I send him. Um, I like my Christmas one is the oh crap it's the toffee it's a toffee mm-hmm. one and i sent him that picture when i get one for christmas time so this is very cute this is very that's our cute little conversation <laughs> uh, yeah, like they're so basic <laughs> i'm about to break it it's about to be boot season i do love me some boots yeah so. yeah that's something i'm you know i'm over the kind of Warm weather clothes i like hoodie weather you know it's like, uh, hoodie weather it's like sweater weather. Like it. yeah. sweater weather yeah, I, I love the fact well, that uh, hoodies are there. Some people want to see that summer growing season spirit just go on forever into fall. That productive, productive <laughs> they, season. In the, in the order, yeah, some people call them masochists. Some people call them season extenders. <laughs> is there a and difference? In, in Kentucky and in the region and across the country too, but in, I would say Kentucky as far as per capita is mm-hmm. the NRCS Equip High Tunnel Capital of the United States. What up? We have, in the world. We have had so <laughs> many high tunnels, these big yes. structures. These are unheated, mm-hmm. passively heated greenhouses that just trap sunlight and keep the wind and rain and everything else out. We've seen those go up like crazy. And uh, I remember back when I used to work at the horticulture research farm, this would have been over a little over 10 years ago. 
that was kind of the beginning of this period of these things going up. And so when I was working out there and harvesting vegetables and weighing them for, for all the research projects and stuff, I'd have people come out and ask me about these high tunnel structures and say, oh, we just got this NRCS money. We're looking to do this. And and I would give them a little spiel about how we would grow vegetables in the high tunnels and, and some of the things they needed to think about, et cetera. But season extension in general is a, it's not a new thing. It's something that's been mm. around in one way or another for a really long time. It may um, be something as simple as a variety. You know, we talked about those before. It may be a variety that matures earlier. That's also, or matures later. Yeah. That's also a form of a season extension. So it's not necessarily kind of the bricks and mortar behind the thing. So yeah, most people haven't been involved in it one way or another. It, yeah, I think it, and it, it's come to the point where some people associate season extension with high tunnels and mm-hmm. we yes, will, we will probably so. do a high tunnel episode yes. a, or a series of episodes maybe later just because they're the need and the interest is there. But for this one, I thought, and you all let me know if you want to go along with this. I thought maybe we could just talk about the season extension concept and maybe the lower tech simpler reasons or uh, mm-hmm. approaches to how we might be able to do it. But starting with why, why on earth, as we talked about the transition of fall to <laughs> winter, it's a time to chill. Why on earth yeah. would Literally, you do this to, to yourself? A lot of people I feel personally targeted every time. <laughs> I would yeah. say as somebody who, you know, likes to joke and kind of, dump on season extension as being like painful or extending extending the time of of great effort really i think one of the things that makes it make a lot of sense especially where we are and especially in the fall is that a lot of times we just kind of get a day or two of weather that would terminate the season otherwise but if you can just slide through that you get another couple to several weeks of good kind of good weather basically it's a way to end the season in a nice like kind smooth of smooth transition this, yeah smooth transition rather than just like abruptly against you know your, your plans way. yeah it, it r- <laughs> roughly that that time around here might be mid to late october that that mm-hmm. normal mm-hmm. defining mm-hmm. frost and Killing frost yes etc yeah. would happen and so in, in reality, with season extension, even with just basic season extension, we can be looking in, you know, harvesting into November, sometimes even into December, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. When I talked to my commercial producers, and it kind of dawned on me, I guess I was working several years ago in a uh, food-based program for school systems at uh, Farm to School program, and seasonality of availability was a real big issue for schools because they're like, listen, it's not worth us changing our protocols and our methods of preparation of Mm -hmm. locally grown food stuff. And then having to switch back and forth, back and forth, you know, between uh, commercially purchased, purchased, (laughs) yeah, this caffeine and tea I've doubled up on. It is real. <laughs> but, but yeah, Ride the snake. Yeah, it is. I'm riding a fine line here between fun and fundamentally broken. Susan, Susan <laughs> extension. <laughs> I sound like chef. Yeah, Herbert Herber. And it's only going to get nice. worse because I am on the parabolic curve right now. And I'm still going up. So. <laughs> You guys be prepared. But yeah, school systems had a big issue with the seasonality of produce, and I got it. It kind of hit home to me. And so that's one of the things I think Kentucky is still trying to get a handle on is having produce available 
for longer periods of time throughout the year. And that's a big deal because that's customer retention. That's getting new customers. That's getting commercial customers that need year round availability. So to me, it's the, that's the purest form of season extension is to increase the longevity of the availability. So, yeah. And with that, your workers. So if you're trying to keep your workers, mm, you know, good keep good yeah. workers, yeah. if they can, you know, work the entire year uh, in some way, you can keep on that good farm manager. And yeah, you can't keep on everybody most of the, for most operations, but you know, if you're, you, one good person makes a huge difference. And so uh, if you can keep them on and keep paying them and have things for them to do uh, at, under that season extension, my reason may surprise you all. So I like season extension as someone with a high tunnel because I actually, I mean, I'm doing a lot in the winter time, but I'm not harvesting in the winter time and I'm not really selling in the winter time. I'm preparing, I'm still getting rest, but I like to see things grow. Like I, that is, that is fundamentally a part of me, I think at this point and having something to nurture and watch it and see how it's doing and uh, something to take care of. I have no kids. Can you tell? Uh, <laughs> I think this is I really beautiful. I think what you're sharing of. is really beautiful. And I'm, I appreciate you sharing it. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I have found that winter growing and a high tunnel makes it easier for me. And we're going to talk about low tunnels on here. I've done low tunnels for several years, uh, which are great and were a great transition for me. And I still do low tunnels even with my high one, but it's a lot easier to walk around in your high tunnel. But it, it brings me joy and I can sit out there with my baby plants and, you know, get my hands a little dirty and get some good microbes going. And it just, there's a lot of, I think mentally when everything is gray and seasonal depression can become real, that has been a great outlet for me. Uh, and then I get the perk of uh, having some earlier blooms and seeing pretty things even when it's March and it's gross. <laughs> yeah. And I think that the season extension thing, it's important that we that we we frame the conversation right so that it's not imagine you know a ripe red tomato on mm -hmm. Christmas day yeah <laughs> right I mean, there are limitations you, you you can do if you want you, you know energy costs and other things if you want to deal with that you you can in some way and a supplemental lighting and all that kind of stuff season extension fundamentally is literally what this name says where you're just extending and you're kind of pushing the limits on both the front end and back end of the season. And, you know, you push them enough and they eventually converge and meet. But in general, it's, and I think one thing that for, for me that on a more of a home garden scale, there's something really magical about being able to go out and pull some kale off of a plant and make a fresh, you know, fresh kale salad or, or saute some, some of that in like late November that's, the quality. Mm -hmm. How about that, Brent? Yeah, the quality, the quality of that, especially yeah. after a frost, you know, you get mm -hmm. that. <clears throat> and so, and that's another thing too, I just wanted to mention is that when you're talking, when we're talking about season extension, a lot of times it's, it's taking things that are already adept at doing well when it's cold out mm -hmm. and just giving them a little bit of a help rather than mm -hmm. trying yeah. to take the pepper plant that's going to, mm -hmm. you know, lose its Below mind 50. at the first time it gets yeah exactly it's every time it hits 40 <laughs> these things the photo period uh, the temperature is one thing but photo periods another and if you're fighting both of those things then 
uh, economically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if you're a homeowner and it's just a hobby, then so be it. Have at it. Yeah. But economically, I mean, there's a breaking point where, you know, providing that supplemental light that you mentioned, Brett, especially with energy costs now, just doesn't make sense. So I love the fact that you mentioned like working with things that are already good during that time period, you're just providing a little extra oomph. Yeah. And be realistic about what you can and cannot do. And I mean, uh, that's one of the things ab- about high tunnels that uh, is interesting. The way that people are actually using those is that uh, so many times I'll see a crop out there and, you know, I guess the range is, I said, well, it'll add seven to 21 days on the back end of front end of a growing period, you know, given the weather conditions in your area. But so many times, you know, producers start backing that date up that they're producing more and more and more. And then a cold snap comes and I see supplemental heat in so mm-hmm. many of those uh, high tunnels where the true spirit of the high tunnel is it's passively heated, you know, just by the structure mm-hmm. itself. So it's interesting the way people are adapting and using those. But sometimes, you know, they roll the dice a little bit hard and and they don't want to lose a crop. So, you know, things like supplemental heat creep in there. So it's interesting the way people adapt to to the situation of season extension, but I love the the fact that sometimes you can get it on, you know, early in the season. Sometimes you can add a little time late in the season. So yeah, it's great. So I think when, and you strip it down to its most basic, the most basic functions of the things, the techniques that we apply, it's about in some way getting a cover over of some sort over top of a crop. It's about trying to trap solar energy or, and or thermal energy coming from the soil in and around the plant mass. It's about keeping frost and wind and freezing rain and other things off of the crop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways we can do that, right? I mean, you could go out and hold an umbrella over it, you know, and and have your one your one kale plant or your one broccoli plant make it all the way through the winter if you're <laughs> resolved strong. The original commercial <laughs> right. uh, situation that we were in, the original like big wave that really changed uh, horticulture and agriculture in the U.S., primarily horticulture crops, is just a plasticulture using plastic and raised beds. That's the purest form of season extension. And I think we overlook that a lot. And of you're times. talking about plastic on the soil surface. The, on the, the plant soil is, surface the plant on a raised still, bed. Is yeah, the plant is the... still in the ground. Right. But uh, I know uh, a lot of listeners may have never seen like commercial plasticulture operations. But if you look at these big long rows, typically the most predominant color is black, just lots of black rows of plastic. I mean, that's the original season extension technique because, yeah, we're trying to protect against wind and cold weather, adverse weather conditions. But uh, it's also this concept of growing a crop in optimal conditions to get a viable crop as quickly as possible. That's the original uh, season extension wave that hit the country was plasticulture. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good lead in, Brett, uh, that you mentioned. So there's different ways to look at it. Now it seems like we we think about protected agriculture or protected horticulture right. uh, with the row covers and stuff, which that's pretty exciting. The technology has gotten really good there, and I know you guys are going to talk about that. But a lot of different ways to look at, at season extension. You have some other other ways that come to mind? Because I, I think of cold frames as another example. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or even just, just planting things on a certain side of your house or a certain side of your root yeah. cellar as this like... Those have been going on how long, Brad? Very long time. At very least, long at time. At least since yeah. Hobbits were real. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, they're still real, Brad. Come on now. That's since they started <laughs> being Let's real. Yeah, they're real now. But yeah, cold frames, I mean, using manure as a passive heat source to change the yeah. degree, five degrees. I mean, that's one of the original ways uh, that people extended the season you know, a way cold, back when. Cold frame, so it's not a new concept. Kind of like a big, deep picture frame 
laid on the yes. soil surface. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it hinges open. The lid can hinge open. You can bring it open to, to vent yeah. it. You can actually get. It's like a little mini greenhouse. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, if you even go farther back, you you know, that manure source used to be like in northern climates, a very important component of that. I don't see that used practically much anymore, but they would put some compostable material in there because when things compost, it gives off heat. Well, that would heat the cold frame in very cold conditions, depending on how you had the thing insulated. So these northern climates, they would grow things way out of the normal season just with a compostable material layered underneath the soil and the crop to be grown uh, because mm-hmm. they would take advantage of that compost heat. And it pr- was pretty amazing. There's some great examples uh, yeah. in different areas of people. And that used to be a more common practice, I think. Yeah. You know, there. I can't remember his name, but there was a guy we learned about when I was in school who had, I mean, this is up in either like Detroit or Milwaukee or something like that. A former basketball player. Had Will said, Allen. Will Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He oh, had well. done the, um, he had done uh, like he did extensive composting because he had worked out to get a lot of plant waste from uh, grocery stores and was mm-hmm. doing a lot of composting, was using that kind of thermal heat buildup to push the season as well. So, awesome. yeah, still was he using anything on. to trap the heat over top oh, yeah, or anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah so still sure was doing like that. The, gotcha. Yeah, poly. Pro- I, if I remember right, it was poly okay. tunnels, but he had the, yeah. the compost active in there. Like, that's growing yeah. power. Is that right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I cool. couldn't remember the name of him or his organization, just what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I remember. And the that. home gardens, I used to see a lot of glass bell jars over things. I don't see that as much anymore, but when glass technology way back when, it got cheap and very effective. Uh, mm. you, you, and still at flea markets, I look for these bell jars that these, that they're was called, designed. They're called, what are called? Or I don't know how no. to pronounce it. Clo- it's, that's not right, but it's a, it's, it's a, a strange clo- word. Yeah. I Cloica, think, uh, is, I think clo- 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 No, they're clo- 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 I, Yeah. Somebody clo- needs clo- to fact clo- check like give me the, the, part. the yeah. slit, yes. like on a reptile where the like yes, genitals yeah. and. Cloica. Same with birds too. Yeah, <laughs> we veered off. Uh, yeah. I do not know how to pronounce cloish. that word, so I call them. Maybe, I'm guessing cloish. You know, I, I use. So. But you know, every once in a while, we get a late frost, and it or for mm. people who will put their tomatoes in a little bit too early, because we'll get those, mm-hmm. you know, 75 degree days in April, 80 degree days in April, and people want to put their tomatoes in. Uh, get, yeah, getting hot in here. <laughs> so put your tomatoes but, in the ground. <laughs> don't do it until May. Oh yeah, don't. Then, take at least off in Kentucky. All your <laughs> <laughs> so we have those Loche. those times when late Loche. stuff can happen, and I do tell people, I'm like, you got any milk jugs? You got any kid- yeah. kitty litter jugs? And the the purpose they don't even necessarily have to be clear uh, is mm-hmm. to trap that thermal mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I'll g- give you an example of some. We had, I think it was five years ago, we had a frost after mother after Derby Day, which we always say in Central Kentucky area, you usually can plant after Derby Day. Well, this was after Derby Day, and we were getting a frost. I was actually on time for the first time in forever getting my <laughs> first Saturday in May. For yeah. be your first clue, something <laughs> bad is going to exactly. happen. Exactly. <laughs> it really should have. I was on schedule. So I got my warm season crops were already in the ground. And so, and it was going to be a, you know, 35 degrees and they would have taken out my stuff. And so what I ended up doing <laughs> is I had a bunch of uh, fabric row cover. And if you're not familiar with like a fabric row cover, 
Uh, it's also called Rime or uh, Spunbond, Agrabond, Spunbond, yeah. and it's kind of like name, a, yeah. it's kind of like a cheesecloth. If you're not familiar with that, just kind of imagine a cheesecloth. Air can move in and out, but it traps, and usually, depending on the weight of it, can get you about three degrees, three to five degrees. And it comes in different weights, doesn't it? it Alexis, does. the yeah. Spunbond, the yeah, it can be. Some material. people use it just yeah. for excluding pests, and so really, mm-hmm. they're they're using the lightest possible, which might only be one degree. But I think it'll get you up to five, which mm-hmm. always sounds crazy. Like when I tell somebody like, put that on, it'll get you three to five degrees. But what, like that, it's it really is that simple. Like three yeah. degrees lower could kill the plant. And it works for some crops better than others. Like it's just saved uh, our strawberry plantings in central Kentucky where I'm an agent. Uh, it's saved uh, because we had some freezes, warm ups, and then freezes yeah. again. And that row, floating row cover does just that. It doesn't need external support, but it saved our strawberry crop because of that three to five degrees. Mm-hmm. I mean, two two degrees would have saved the crop. Mm-hmm. And so that was a very big deal for this producer. And there were so many temperature variations this past spring. They just got sick of it and said, finally, we're not going to, because it, it takes labor to remove that. Mm-hmm. And it was a fairly large scale production planting. And but they they did that twice. They pulled it over, pulled it back, pulled it over, pulled it back, and it saved their crop. And it was amazing because there was some that was not covered, mm-hmm. and they lost that crop. Mm-hmm. But you know it was a strategic move. But yeah, it made a huge difference. And that's just uh, I guess the overall term is what floating row covers. Mm-hmm. You said, yeah. I think I think one of the things about season extension that sometimes gets we, we focus on, and I think it is an important part of it, we focus on that ambient temperature increase. In other words, the average temperature under there is three degrees warmer. But another mm. part of it is if there is wind when it is mm-hmm. cold, mm-hmm. that time of year is a very dry time of year. And the wind chill effect, if, if, you, are, if you can get the plant out of the wind or shield it from the mm-hmm. wind, there's not a biting, cold, dry wind blowing across the bottom of those leaves pulling some mm-hmm. mo- moisture out of the leaves. Mm-hmm. It, that is as important. It's, so basically, if it's cold, you get an advantage from from um, any sort of covering. If it is cold yeah. and windy, the advantage of that covering yeah, is magapause. multiplied times a whole lot. And around here, when, especially with these crazy weather events, it's usually there is this really crazy wind blowing polar vortex kind of vibe happening with with all of these the technology we're talking about floating row covers low tunnels high tunnels what makes this challenging for season extension is just the sheer variability the highs and the lows and the how big of a difference it is between the two just Mm -hmm. really adds challenge to all these scenarios that we're talking about today i don't know alexis have you ever had any panic scenarios where you have a high tunnel and then all of a sudden, I mean, you've got your sweater on and your boots and it's uh, late September and you're going to run out and then it all of a sudden hits 85, 90 degrees on a right. you know, September day in Kentucky. I mean, you ever having panics over that? Because I, you just know what the temperature is going to do inside. I have automatic sides on oh, mine do? that go Fantastic, by temperature yeah. because of mm-hmm. that reason. Uh, but when I was working uh, at UK, I on the weekends, I would open and close the tunnels on the South Farm. And so I, I might be watering and it's cold and, and, you know, this is the middle of the winter and it, they had, you know, winter crops in there and it's cold. I'm watering at the greenhouse, the sun comes out and I have to like stop everything I'm doing and run to the farm. And by the time I would get there, you know, the tunnel could be 85 degrees, which is way too mm-hmm. hot for, you know, kales and carrots. This and is when like it's that. ambient, like 30 degrees. Just outside. light. Yeah. It's like yeah. 30 degrees aside and I'd have to crack those open and get them vented. 
you know, and if the clouds come over, then it starts getting cold again. And so that, that mm-hmm. that's a lot of management. Why, yeah, it's a lot of management. That's why I got automatic sides, but where I've done low tunnels. So for those of you who are like, what are low tunnels? So low tunnels or caterpillar tunnels, I hear those used interchangeably, but they are technically different. And uh, caterpillar, t- I don't know. Does anybody know that? I, I always get them conf- backwards, which one is which. One of them you can stand in, but it is like a not a permanent structure. Like a high tunnel is a permanent large structure. These are something that would cover maybe one or two rows and mm-hmm. you can stand in them and it is only up typically for a season. And then there are the other one is something short. So it might be only waist high. Three to four feet. For three to four tunnel. feet yeah, high. Typically. It's usually only covering one row or like a, you know, a three foot wide bed or a four foot wide bed kind of max. Uh, and then there's, but they are similar in the way that they are hoops and there is plastic stretched over them. So I use the ones that are short, uh, and I have for several years that are about waist high. They cover a four foot bed and those ones are harder. Bond material or, uh, plastic poly material poly plastic. Yeah, it's plastic. It's plastic. And then when it gets really cold, I have fabric that goes on the plants from under, underneath those. So. Those honestly, like Brett said, are most, it's really mostly for wind uh, because I can, I can get away with just fabric because I'm growing crops that are, appreciate cold. A lot of them need that cold. They need that what's called vernalization uh, Mm -hmm. to actually germinate at all. Uh, And so I'm just trying to get them a little bit earlier, but I'm trying to protect them from that wind. And so I do that with poly. So those I actually go out and because these crops are less sensitive and they're usually pretty low to the ground, they're getting a lot of thermal heat just from that top inch of you know soil. I will vent them every day kind of unless it's below, like unless it's 10 degrees or below, I will vent them at pretty much every day. When you say vent them. I, I will, it's, it's really jacked up the way my system is. I just have some cinder blocks on each side Mm -hmm. and I will like pull it up, pull up the side like a curtain and prop it up on a cinder block just so nothing gets fried. But I have missed it and, or they have fallen down because it's been super windy and they fell off the cinder blocks. I didn't secure it very well. And I come back and my snapdragons are fried. You know, because it got so hot. Have you used the slitted? uh, I know there's two different styles, Mm -hmm. slitted and punched. Have you used those? I have not. Usually I try to reuse my poly more than one year just from a sustainability standpoint. If I can reuse it, I will. So I, in my brain, the slitted or the punch would not hold Mm -hmm. up as well because it's already. Josh, do you have any familiar, are you familiar with those at all down south as far as have you, do you have any experience? I don't have much experience, but I've seen producers that swear by one or the other depending on which crop yeah my experience down in georgia uh, was just primarily high tunnels i mean we just okay, had high tunnels gotcha. that's what we rocked and you know we pull up the side sometimes but it freezing temperatures were rare like mm-hmm. it, it was kind of more yeah easier to go for four seasons so that that pulling up the sides is pretty important because i imagine it can get really hot really quick if they're mm-hmm. not ventilated sure. at all yeah. well, the yeah. smaller the area the faster it heats up and the faster it cools off. Yeah. Right. Oh right. Yeah. That's one you of the reasons why people like high tunnels. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that it, it, the more larger thermal mass buffer gives you a little volume. bit more time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those low time. I really, I really fried my snapdragons. I came back and they were just like, me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it didn't take long either. Did it? Cause no. you were probably kind of trying to get back to them. Yeah. Still missed it. Yeah. So 
But low tunnels are one. I, I'm going to go with low tunnels as far as those four foot ones I'm talking about. So for the purpose of this, and if anybody's out there, they're sh- screaming at me saying low tunnels are actually the big tall ones. Whatever the purpose. I, right I actually now, heard I'm, someone propose that we refer to the small ones as low tunnels, the middle ones as mezzo tunnels, and the big ones as high tunnels. And I was like, that would be helpful and clarify things. But yeah, I, I think you're right the way that you're referring to it, though. I, yeah, I think the caterpillar uh, tunnels, tunnels are the little bit the ones that are like you can walk in mm. because they look like caterpillars, like they're the way that they're stretched out over the hoops. But anyways, so the low tunnels, I suggest those to people who are kind of in the middle. And so, you know, you may be too small scale for, you know, something that you can walk in or, you know, funds just aren't available, which was, you know, the number of reasons maybe you live in you know a subdivision or an area where something like that isn't allowed that would be a permanent structure so you need something but you're wanting to do a little bit larger scale uh, than just a cold frame low tunnels are great so you can get pretty much everything you need at your local lowe's home depot ace hardware and you can i mean you can make it happen it's not the hoops come like they're I've seen hoops for low tunnels made out of everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're, you know, purchased for that strictly that they've been designed mm-hmm. for that purpose. Poly or metal, but uh, PVC people make pipe them. Is great. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Electrical conduit. If you're going to if you think this is something that you're going to use over and over, which is what I've used and it's definitely more expensive and it has gotten way more expensive. Uh, but electrical conduit just bent into a hoop. You can buy a hoop bender or mm-hmm. I know people who have just found the right item to bend those hoops around. And, yeah, and- you can kind of make like a jig. I, we mm-hmm. did that at a very cash strapped school I worked at. Yeah, and it was like a heat kind of, gun or something to heat them up. Or well, it was in New Mexico, so it was already hot. We weren't building gotcha. it in the winter gotcha. time, but yeah, nice. Or I've seen them made and you know a smaller scale that maybe is out of the wind more. So if you're doing backyard or just you have an area that's protected from the wind, first of all, jealous. But second of all, <laughs> yeah. you can use yeah. uh, just something cheap like PVC pipe that you can mm-hmm. just kind of bend over uh, mm-hmm. and go over those three foot wide or four foot wide beds that you might have. I've seen people use uh, the the poly material. They would have plastic on at one point in the year and then later on in the year they would have the uh, just the something. lightweight fabric on mm-hmm. for insects, not mm-hmm. necessarily for temperature modification at all, but for insects. And they never moved their hoops. And I thought that was interesting. They... They, they managed it kind of dual purpose and they use the same hoops. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've seen people now as well. So uh, in in the world I'm in, I, we use a lot of trellising uh, for upright stems. And so the kind of typical thing to use is what's called Hortnova netting. It's a brand name. There's probably other brands, but that's the only one I've ever seen. And it's that it's white plastic and it forms these like six inch by six inch squares and, it, and it's netting that you would put a cr- horizontally across the bed for the stems to grow upright through. Hopefully that's yeah. visually understanding. And so p- some people have converted over into using um, concrete me- like wire mesh. And so it's the same six inch by six inch, but it's made out of metal. And they're bending that so it stands up on its own. Mm. Uh, and they're actually using that and they're draping fabric over top of those using it mm. almost like hoops. And usually the thought process is by the time the stems are tall enough to grow through that, you don't need the fabric anymore. So I've Mm. seen that where, you know, just one less step to cut out. 
And I think that that could be doable as well. It's just like streamlining the process and Mm -hmm. modifying it, keeping the concepts in mind, but then modifying it locally to what fits their production. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I would say even even maybe one step down even more in the Mm -hmm. technology with with sort of hoop hoop like structures is that we talked about the um, the row cover as a mm-hmm. means of increasing uh, the cold tolerance or protection or whatever. <clears throat> Some of those crops, especially if you're going to eat the leaf of the crop, mm-hmm. you kind of want to keep the fabric off of the leaf because if it touches yes. the leaf, the moisture can accumulate and cause a you know frost or burn or whatever. And so <clears throat> you can also use hoops that are just a just like a a heavy gauge wire hoop just to give you a little bit of a a structure you know you put these the same way like a caterpillar style down the bed and it just the um the frost blanket can can lay on top of it Mm -hmm. without touching Mm -hmm. the plant it also makes it easier to remove the frost blanket periodically yeah I would definitely recommend whatever you do, whether it's plastic or glass or fabric or whatever, keep it off of the plant. Even if you're not eating the plant leaf itself, if you're, especially if it's a young plant, you know, a lot of us Mm -hmm. are going with small plugs or seedlings or something like that. If you, if it's touching the plant, it'll freeze to it. And so definitely have some way to get that fabric or whatever from touching it. Uh, You know, glass and plastic will actually. Yeah, they'll Tra- transmit heat. It's, Trans- it's the air is what's yeah. like protecting you. Right. Your air is your your little bubble that's formed mm. around those plants. So yeah, there's but season extension can be as intense and weird or as simple as you want to make it. Like <laughs> it's all as you want to make it. <laughs> it's, it's all simple, right? But the concepts are all simple, but it doesn't have to be just a big high tunnel or, you know, breaking out the the sledgehammer or, you know, something like that. But if you do want to do it, all of that is acceptable, acceptable. It's acceptable and accessible. Uh, and there's some great videos online about how, how to build mm-hmm. them and, you know, what you need step-by-step step what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've had one ever go over it, listen, all right, I'm really proud of this. I think I've told the story before. I'm going to tell it again. So this, some, this early spring, we had really bad, winds come through in central Kentucky. So we had a tornado in the county that I live in. Fortunately, it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, didn't really do any damage. No one was hurt. But we had like, and I have a little weather station. So we had 73 was the high mile per hour winds where my high tunnel and uh, low tunnels are located or right out in the middle where they can get hit with some good winds. And I had some low tunnels. And the one that was, you know, essentially protecting the other ones it they all stayed up the my metal conduit was twisted like completely twisted but they were all still for like standing up and i could have left them the rest of the winter but they looked so bad and i thought well if we get some random weird snow they'll go down from the weight but they did stand up to that and i'm very proud of my our building techniques <laughs> with that because they took on 73 mile per hour wind so if yeah, y'all need some help I can you get should, you there. You should post a picture of that in uh, the I should. Instagram yeah. teaser for this. I should. Mm. <laughs> I do. I How have far, one. What's the spacing on your ribs for that thing? My spacing, it's roughly five feet. So mm, okay. some, oh, in wow. some cases, they might be more Close, like yeah. six feet. Uh, what size if it's like an, I'm using quarter inch. 
watch this one, right? Mm-hmm. Number, t- I think it's like number ten. Okay. Whatever number ten is, Metal half, Conduit. Half inch, maybe. Maybe it's half inch. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a lot smaller than you would think it is. So. That's yeah, cool. it's it it was it worked great, and there's some ratchet straps involved. That's ga- and- galvanized conduit. Ratchet. Galvanized metal yeah. conduit. Yeah, yeah, metal conduit is what we're using. But like I said, if you're in a protected area, like you're doing this beside your house and your house gets, you know, you don't get any of those strong north winds or uh, ours comes from like the Mm -hmm. northwest at our house. But if you're not getting any of those, then by all means, like I I tried getting away with PVC. It just wasn't going to work. But the structure itself (laughs) will function if, if you can protect it from the wind. But you know, just those floating row covers will make a huge difference. Um, you know, I'm, we all know now I like have flowers. So coming from that world, the cool, what's called the cool flowers game. Uh, most of those can gr- be grown with just that Agrabon remake covering. Like you don't need anything special. Uh, I even made my own little wire hoops with some stuff I bought at, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot, just like a roll of gauge wire. And I cut it one day and sat in front of the TV and bent it. And it it was the ugliest thing you will ever see, but it (laughs) works fine. And it was like, I don't know, $15 for the roll. Like, and I made all, you know, 30 of them or something. So it's totally doable. Plan ahead because you do not want to be the person who needs fabric two days before the frost is coming, uh, ask me how I know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> make sure you have your equipment before the frost comes. So be ordering it now. Also, if it's at all possible to put stretch plastic or move plastic where you need to go before it gets really, really cold. Mm. And windy. And windy. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can't help it, but you know what? Something that you know, we opened this episode by me being a hater on the season of fall. <laughs> And so one thing I would say just on the season extension thing to be a little Mm -hmm. bit of a hater and I've earned my stripes in doing this (laughs) enough to say is that when you do go low tech, which is great, it's accessible, it's affordable, it's all those things. In some cases, in many cases, for that variability, like Ray pointed out, you have to kind of be the tech. Mm -hmm. You have to be Mm -hmm. the thermostat because if you don't have a thermostatically controlled ridge vent on a high tunnel or or curtains, as Alexis said, if you leave it out there and it's hot, it's going to get fried. Or if you uncover it and it was warm all day, but now it's going to get cold tonight and you don't cover it back up. In other words, season extension, we think about, You're oh yeah. tied you, to the farm. Yes. You've got yeah. to harvest. More so. Yes, you have to harvest. So. You, have to, you have to do those things if you're going to. But it is like, I, I, I it's not like it in, in other ways, but in some ways, as far as schedule goes, it's like a dairy. Twice a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, an, uh, that's how I've always thought of it is it's like an animal enterprise. You got to be intensity like, on is up. Yeah. things will die. Like if you're, if you go away for some day in the summer and like most, for most crops, you know, like you water them before you leave. Yeah. They don't get harvested. Yeah. Maybe you lose a little money, but like you're going to come back and those plants are going to start growing again, you know, and, and providing the next week. If I leave my tunnel open one, win- one night or my t- curtains stop working, which is like, I always right. have this fear. You will have sleepless nights. <laughs> I will tell you mm-hmm. that. But you forget to close that cold frame up. You forget to take those jugs off in the morning. Your plants will die, period. So maybe if it's one or two, it's not a big deal. But if you're going larger scale, it is, you know, you're losing a lot. So you will be tied to your farm in winter. And maybe that's a good excuse. Listen, 
sometimes it's nice to be like, hey, I got to go. I got to go close my tunnel. And nobody's going <laughs> to argue with you on that. And it's a great way to leave a party. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's a Isn't rhythmic like- nature to it that some people find yeah. really helpful and really good. Mm-hmm. But it is something that people don't they, – they think – it is very different from growing seasonally outside mm-hmm. in a number of ways. And one of them is you don't close the curtains on, on summer. Like you don't have to go and <laughs> do sure that. Sure we do. How else are we going to get the fall, Brett? <laughs> That's true. Got to close out the summer as quickly as possible. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just think that that is a reality of – the and we, we dealt with this because, you know, the university, when I was working at the university, the university gets a – work break around Christmas time, mm-hmm. you know, that you're off for, mm-hmm. for a number of days. Well, guess what? The tunnels are not, still there. Yeah. Still have mm-hmm. to be open and closed and you have to figure out how that's going to work. And mm-hmm. I'm not belly aching about that, but it just is the element of season extension. Mm-hmm. I think that people overlook the most mm-hmm. in terms of the, the bad side, the downside yeah. of it is yeah. yes, there is work, but it is slower paced because everything's growing more slowly, including yeah. the weeds. <clears throat> but that 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 aspect of and it's because you you don't have to work out there all day, but you got to be there at 10 a.m. and you got to mm-hmm. be there at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that if you if you don't can't account for that, you might look, you know, look in a different direction. But so <clears throat> so as far as home gardeners, if they're try, wanting to try some season extension and maybe have some of their coal crops or their root crops or things hang around longer, maybe look at some frost blankets and some simple little wire hoops to cover those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're in the home garden or large garden to commercial, small commercial space, maybe those high tunnels and or caterpillar tunnels could be Low something tunnels. that you would look at. Mm-hmm. If you want to go full whole hog with the, with the high tunnel by all means uh, and, and add some some automation, some thermostatic controls, and all that kind Highly of stuff. Highly recommend. Worth every yes. freaking could penny be a, I spent. Could be a huge <laughs> I did it twice. For the technology like I, I so loved good. it so much. I did it again, and I upgraded that one. And they even have ones that have like wind control on them, because that's the other thing with high tunnels is if you get a windstorm that randomly comes through with those, you know, those yeah, spring you thunderstorms, you got to close it up, even if it's hot. And they have ones that even have like wind sensors on them now, and they'll close by themselves if a certain gust comes through. But yeah, highly recommend that. If one one thing, I know I've said it before, but I want to remind everybody: if you are doing any type of fabric, to whether you're doing it all winter time or you're doing it just to protect your strawberries on those couple cold nights, whatever you're covering that plant with, whether it's a jug or some fabric, has to touch the ground on all sides because what you're trying to get there is your thermal mass coming out of the soil. The heat that's going to rise out of the soil is going to create that bubble around your plant. So if you're just throwing a sheet over, (laughs) I love to see the sheets that are just like thrown over bushes. Got to cover your mass. And you've got to, that sheet has to come all the way down and touch the ground so that you're going to trap that thermal Mm -hmm. mass. So there's your little tip for the day. Earlier, when you said you exited, you put stuff out early, and then it got was going to get cold. Oh yeah, and you were in the panic. I imagined, <clears throat> I imagined you making Tyler just like chug gallons of milk so that you could have like dozens. <laughs> Drink of- <laughs> it. Yeah, like, like, it, it I don't was, feel so good. It was it was pretty <laughs> good. Not actually. one not. <laughs> Literally for like three days, I said, I think I'm going to throw up. Like. At least once an hour. I think I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to throw up. What we ended up doing, and I have a picture somewhere. I need to post it too. But 
So I like went around and I had these little hoops. I wasn't doing low tunnels at the at the time. So I had these little hoops. I had a bunch of cinder blocks available to me. I was also renting my plot at this time. So that added another <laughs> layer of fun. And so we went around, we got all the fabric where it was up off and I was able to cover this small plot that I had. And we took lights and it's like those old shop lights with the light bulbs that get hot, you know, like you can't touch them. And I put them in the cinder blocks and so that they wouldn't catch the fabric on fire. And I I had (laughs) extension cords running all over and I put these lights in. And so it looked like when you drove by at night, it looked like these like little alien spaceships had landed (laughs) (laughs) and it was hysterical looking, but it worked. But I will say, I planted a, my second succession, uh, and I ended up planted it. I planted it early, and I and and so they were a week or two planted later than the early ones, and they bloomed faster than the early ones because the early ones were so stressed from the cold. Mm. So I was like, man, I could have just planted yeah. later and had them at the same time. So there, there's your other tip. Uh, yeah, sometimes a testament to just, the if you you can only yeah. push certain things so yeah. far, so far. Mm-hmm. So Light especially, the, yeah. That's the toughest thing is being realistic and matching the crop that, first of all, needs to be growing during that season or has the best shot with the light conditions, temperature conditions, wind conditions. But uh, just uh, folks being realistic about what they can and cannot do with what's available to them. Even with all of these techniques we're talking about, if you're growing something completely outside of the the parameters and it's economically just not possible to give it enough sunlight or uh, artificial light. Um, you know, don't try it. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else we can think of? We've got some good, if you're interested, we'll post in the show notes. Some, um, there's a calendar that we have for Western central, Eastern Kentucky. If you're not in Kentucky, uh, you can adjust, based on your zone, any of these, but there's some dates on here uh, as far as kind of the earliest and latest that you can plant with some season extension uh, and what that is that will do well. Uh, And so we can post that in the show notes and just some tips for using slitted row cover or, you know, using Agrabon, anything along those lines. Uh, And I feel like we don't say it every time we assume it, but As a reminder, we all do work for extension, which means we serve the people of Kentucky. Uh, And it's not unusual for any of us to get, you know, Brett said he works with SARE, which is a national organization, CCD, you know, they work with Tennessee and people. So if you're not here and you want to shoot us an email, um, the email, by the way, is hortculturepodcast at l.uky.edu. We'll again post that uh, on our social media page, which is culture podcast on Instagram. But uh, anyways, you can all feel free to shoot us an email or, uh, you know, give us a call if you've got some Slide questions. Slide into our DMs. Slide into our DMs <laughs> on Instagram. Do it. If you need some help, uh, actually, I've got a grower I'm waiting on a call on to help her. She's got a new high tunnel. And so uh, talking through some of that stuff with us, that's what we're here for. And we're happy to help you if you need more than what these resources we post in the show notes have. So anything else, guys? Leave us a review. Happy fall. Happy yeah, fall. Happy if you're into the that. season of the year. Or that Josh really Enjoy made us it. focus on the negativity of it earlier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or if you're a summer gal, I have lots of friends who are summer gals, summer guys. 
as I have Get said before, it. and race or uh, Brett keeps saying, you think of this as time to rest with the trees. Okay, so I'm even the trees gal, love summer. Day by day, I'm more of a summer gal than I used to be, but I'm also yeah. a, a, a fall a fall fella. A fall fella and a summer gal. <laughs> Love it. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you again for joining us and uh, catch up with us next week. But we hope that as we grow this podcast, you will grow with us. Thank you for being here. Leave us a review. A good one. I want five stars. Please and thank okay, you. Okay, that's all. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys.